Blog Talk Radio. The Franciscan Friars of the Atonement present the Ave Maria Hour. Hello, this is Father Bob Warren of the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. Thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour radio show. The Friars popular Ave Maria Hour was first brought to the radio airwaves in 1939, recorded in New York City and on the mountainside grounds at Graymore, a home in Garrison, New York. These timeless classic stories of the Bible and the lives of the saints came to life each week through dramatic reenactment by professional actors and actresses. You know, friends, Christ once said, do not hide your treasure under a bushel. In saying this, he meant share your gifts, share your talents. The Friars of the Atonement feel the message in these broadcasts remains as powerful and timely as when they were originally aired, and we are so happy to be able to share them with you today. To learn more about the missions and ministries of the Friars of the Atonement, I invite you to visit our website, www.atonementfriars.org. In the meantime, sit back and enjoy this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour. Saint Felicitas. Our story begins in the courtyard of the home of Januarius, a wealthy senator of Rome in the reign of Antoninus Pius. Felicitas, his wife, comes softly along the garden path in the deep quiet of a June afternoon. She walks quickly, looking about her almost stealthily. One hand is hidden under her robe. As she passes through an arbor of crimson roses, she stops with a startled exclamation. Oh, Virginia, what are you doing here? Nothing, my lady. That is, I was tending the roses. That is no part of your duty, Virginia. Besides, I gave the slaves a holiday this afternoon. Why are you still here? I have nowhere to go, my lady, and it's so lovely here in the garden. I didn't think it would matter. Well, run along, child. You must find somewhere else to spend the afternoon. My lady, let me cut the roses for you. The thorns are sharp. You see, my hands are already scratched. I didn't come here for roses, child. Just run along. You're carrying a knife, my lady. Yes, so I am. But not for the roses. Virginia, I shall be angry if you don't obey me. My lady, please let me take the knife away with me. Now I am angry, Virginia. Please forgive me, my lady, but you're so kind and so unhappy. We'd miss you so, all of us, if, if anything happened to you. Would you, child? We'd all help you if we could, my lady. I pray very hard for you every day. Pity and prayers. Oh, I'm not ungrateful, Virginia. You mustn't think that. But to be pitied by my slaves and hated by my husband, and you blame me for wanting to escape. No one could hate you, my lady. Here, child, take the dagger. Oh, Virginia, you shouldn't have stopped me. 
I've prayed to every god and goddess in Rome, visited half the shrines in the empire, and still we have no child. We know, my lady. My husband's people are always at him to divorce me, I know. He's kind, Virginia, you know that, kind and loyal. If I were dead, he could marry again. He wants a son so much. But you mustn't kill yourself, my lady. It's wrong. It's murder. And besides, perhaps it wouldn't really be for your happiness to have children. God knows better than we do what is best for us. What on earth are you talking about, Virginia? What God ever cared what was good for me? We ask them for favors and offer them gifts. They haven't answered me, not one of them. My lady, the gods you pray to don't exist. They don't exist? That's why they don't answer you. I half believe you, Virginia. But if there are no gods, where can we turn for help? There is only one god, my lady. And he does answer prayers when they're good prayers. Good for us, I mean. Truly he does. Because I prayed night and day to be sold to a kind household. And you see, I was. You are a Christian? Yes, my lady. And you have only one God. I wish I could explain it to you the way our priests could, my lady. It's so simple and so true. Virginia, even a slave's hope is better than nothing. Tell me about this God who answers prayers. Just a year later, Felicitas lay smiling on a couch in the same garden, some distance off in the shade. Virginia watched beside a cradle, and from a chair nearby, Januarius sat in the sunshine. Oh, it's good to be out again. But you look unhappy, my husband. And so I am. He's a fine boy, Felicitas. Well worth the waiting for. Oh. We must thank the gods. But which one shall we honor? You visited so many shrines one time or another. Whose is the credit? My husband, I'm afraid you won't be pleased. Oh, nonsense. <laughs> Why, did you promise half my fortune to Venus? Or a new temple to great Jupiter? No, Januarius. I became a Christian. You what? Oh, now, Felicitas, you... You're joking. Oh, not just to have a son, Januarius. It was for that at first, but then I learned better. I, I found so much that there's a reason for living, a, a meaning in life. Something better than the intrigues and misery and corruption of Rome. Oh, it was the most glorious discovery, Januarius. Like, like coming into sunlight out of a dark tunnel. Keep your voice down, Felicitas. Suppose one of the slaves should hear you. I had to tell you because I want to share it with you and with our son. So thank you. I, I see myself worshipping in some corner of the slums with a pack of slaves and criminals. Now, for instance, you must get over this nonsense at oh, once. I'll never get over it. Please, Januarius, this is terribly important. I'm so fortunate to be your wife. You're almost the only good and honorable man left in Rome. You know yourself how you hate the court and all it stands for. Bribery, corruption, horrible things. Yes, I know, my dear, but this... And it's getting worse. My husband, now that I've found this truth, I must give it to our son. 
He'll need it when he grows up. I couldn't bear to see him becoming like so many young men today. Don't upset yourself, Felicitas. You're not at all well yet, you know. Now, look, if, if it'll make you happy, you can tell the child any tales you like about the gods or one god or whatever you like. But you must remember our position here in Rome. I'd be ruined if the court knew you were dabbling in such dangerous nonsense. I know, January. I'll remember for your sake. And I can pray. Oh, it's so good to know that you understand. And to know that God hears and understands. In due time, five more sons were born to Felicitas. And though she was forced to practice her religion in secrecy, her slaves were loyal. And the children grew up knowing and loving Christ. Then, when the eldest boy was 16, a great plague visited Rome. Januarius, as a senator, was given charge of one of the poorest sections, where the sickness was worst. Felicitas sent the boys to the safety of the country, and she remained, helping to nurse the sick and shelter the orphaned. Many of the city officials deserted the city, and for those who stuck to their posts, it was a nightmare of desperate work to keep order and to help as many as possible. One day, Januarius was brought home, and Felicitas, with one look, knew the worst. My husband. I know, Felicitas. I've seen enough cases to know. Now you must get out of Rome at once. Our sons will need you. God will take care of them, my husband. I'll stay with you. It's selfish of me, but... I'm glad. I don't want to die, Felicitas. We have so much. My work and the boys and you. It's hard to leave it all. My dear. I wish. What do you wish? I wish now I'd let you tell me more about your God. This Christ. Felicitas, I've seen so many of his followers in the past few weeks. I've watched them die as if they were going to a feast. Strange. They stayed and nursed each other, too, like you, Felicitas. I passed a hundred deserted temples. I saw men who should have stayed with us fleeing like scared rats out of the city. But the Christians stayed. And their priests stayed. I saw them with the dying. Christ is love, my husband. And perfect love casts out fear. Oh, Felicitas, if I had known. If I had known in time. For so many years I have prayed there would be time, my dear. You wouldn't let me. Yes. Yes, pray for me, Felicitas. Take care of the boys. God will take care of us, my husband. And of you. Christ is love. And love casts out 
January. January is my loving husband. God receive him. Oh, dear God, take him into thy care and help me to go on without him. Felicitas inherited a great fortune at her husband's death. Much of it she used in charity, living as simply as possible herself, and withdrawing from the court almost entirely. One summer afternoon, she was very much surprised to hear a great clatter of excitement in the street outside her home, and to be summoned to greet the Empress Faustina in all her regal state. Your Majesty, I am deeply honored. You may rise. I've heard so much of your garden, Felicitas, that I've come to see it. They say your roses are the marvel of Rome. Your Majesty, there is nothing compared to the Imperial Gardens. Will you sit here by the fountain? Thank you. Oh, yes, they are lovely, your roses. Especially these deep red roses. As red as blood. I can see why you prefer not to come to court often with such a pleasant refuge of your own. Your Majesty, I would be out of place at court after such long mourning. And my sons keep me busy, I'm afraid. Oh, yes, your sons. Uh, how old is young Januarius now? Sixteen? Uh, Over seventeen, your majesty. Uh, Felicitas, I've been talking with the emperor. Our daughter Faustina, you know her, of course. I have seen her, your majesty. She is very much like you. Well, it's time for us to think about her marriage. Now, the emperor was going to send for you, but I thought it would be pleasanter if we talked it over together, you and I, since it's not entirely a matter of state. I mean, it isn't as if Faustina will ever reign. We have two sons. Talk over what, your majesty? We think, the emperor and I, that your eldest son would be a suitable husband for Faustina. Your majesty, it is a great honor... Too great an honor. Your husband was noble, Felicitas, one of the first senators and families of Rome, and certainly a loyal subject. The emperor was quite pleased when I suggested the idea. But... Uh, but what? Your Majesty, I can never be grateful enough for your condescension, but it's impossible. Come now. Nothing is impossible, especially when the emperor wants it. I must beg of you to choose someone else, Your Majesty. Why? There's nothing wrong with the young man, is there? No, of course not. And I know that he's in betrothed to anyone. Not that that would matter very much. May I know your objections, if you please? I'm afraid I... I can't explain, Your Majesty. Well, am I to go to the Emperor and tell him that his daughter and mine isn't good enough for young Januarius? Well, certainly this is the last thing I expected. I am sorry, Your Majesty. Sorry? Is that all you can say? Slaves, I'm ready to leave. Felicitous, your roses are indeed as red as... as blood.
For a long hour, Felicitas sat alone among the blaze of roses, praying for strength in this utterly unexpected ordeal. Presently, she looked up to see young Januarius coming towards her, his dark hair wet from a swim in the Tiber. Good afternoon, Mother. I hear we had a visitor. Yes. Sit down, son. Oh, what did the Empress want? Oh, you don't look as if you'd enjoyed entertaining her much. I wish I knew how to tell you. Why? What happened? Januarius, you've known since you were a little boy that, as Christians, we can be accused at any time of treason. Yes, of course. But hardly anybody bothers about that nowadays, Mother. The emperor isn't like Nero or Diocletian, you know. The law still says that if we refuse to sacrifice to the gods, we are traitors. Oh, but you can't mean that the empress has found out about us. No, she doesn't know yet. Oh. But she will. She'll be searching for something, anything. And soon enough, she'll learn. Oh, I don't understand this at all, Mother. January the Emperor wants you to marry his daughter, Faustina. Me? Faustina? Well, I've only seen her once at court a year ago. I'm sure she didn't even notice me. Probably not. But your name and your wealth are what matters. My dear Faustina is her mother's daughter, willfully headstrong, spoiled. All Rome knows. For that matter, even her mother is worried about her. Well... I, I didn't think you knew all about that, Mother. I have known the court for many, many years, my dear. Even if we were not Christians, Januarius, I would fight to keep you from that corruption. Perhaps I'd been wrong if we'd left Rome and gone to some other corner of the empire. We would have lived in peace. But where? Rome is everywhere, Mother. And it would be worse outside the empire. I'm not afraid of being a Christian. There are your brothers. Oh, Mother, they'll be all right. Nobody would hurt them. They're too young. And they'll understand. It may be harder than you think. Faustina is a vicious creature. She won't be satisfied with taking our money, our freedom. She may demand my death. No, Mother. I won't mind, my dear. I've tried my best to serve Christ. Is there any better way to die? It will be a triumphant day for me. A happy day. Remember that. And you'll be happy for me. The inevitable came. Felicitas was denounced to the magistrate as a Christian traitor. But her sentence was not the simple verdict of death which she expected. Instead, she heard the magistrate read from a parchment before him. And it is the sentence of this court that unless the woman Felicitas by this hour tomorrow renounces the treasonable practice of Christian worship and offers the proper sacrifice to the gods of Rome as by law required of all loyal citizens, she shall at once be required to watch her son Januarius executed by torture. They led her back to her cell and left her, kneeling on the rough stone. Felicitas fought back the waves of agony and despair in her soul. Dear God, my son, 
My son, the boy you gave to me so many years ago. Dear God, have mercy on me. Help me. Help me to know that this life is nothing save a path to reach thee. Help me to love my son as thou, my God, loved us. Giving thine own son to die for us. Oh, God, help me to act as I have believed. They brought her to the place of judgment next morning. Already before the tribunal stood Januarius, bound, but gazing at his mother with proudly lifted head, his young face white, but resolute. The magistrate looked down at them across a pile of parchments, each one with a heavy purple blotch on the imperial seal. Woman, before you is an altar in the incense. Will you now offer sacrifice to the gods? No, I cannot. You insist on declaring yourself a Christian? I am a Christian. Young man, tell your mother to save you and herself. Rome can be merciful. I too serve Christ, sir, and I glory in it. Mother, do not be afraid. Do not let them make you afraid. Oh, my son, Christ be with you, as you will be with him. Enough. Let sentence be carried out. The sun beat down on the stones. They were red now, deep crimson in the sunlight. Felicitas stood as if frozen, until her guards forced her to turn toward the magistrate again. His voice came to her as if from a great distance, and at first she did not understand, until she saw the guards bringing in her other five sons, and saw their young faces whiten at the sight of the crimson stones. It is for you to save them, woman. One word from you... If you say nothing, the executioners will proceed. But they are innocent. They're children. They say they are Christians. Yes. Yes, they are Christians. Tell them to make the proper sacrifice or make it yourself now. No more is required under the law. Tell them. No. No. They led her back to her cell. The days passed, lengthened into weeks and then into months. And then one night there were torches and tramping steps outside her cell door. Faustina stood before her, wild-eyed and haggard, with blazing eyes. I should have had you killed! Why didn't I remember that all you Christians are sorcerers, witches, devils? What is it? Why have you come? You know why! I should have had you killed. I would have been grateful, Your Majesty. Well, what is it you want? Freedom? Money? What must I give you? I don't understand. Oh, why do you pretend? I know, I know you cursed my sons, both of them. They're dying. The doctors can't do anything. And suddenly I knew it must be you. You hate me. Yes, of course you hate me. But ask anything. Anything. I'll give you anything you want. But give me back my sons. 
Only God can do that, Faustina. If in his wisdom he wills it so. I am no witch, and I don't hate you. I've passed beyond hatred to peace. I saw my sons die, but many mothers must watch their children die. And our only refuge is to know that they go from us to him who gave them to us. You are mocking me. No. I'm deeply sorry for you. For only God can heal the grief that you and I both know. But you, you're without his love to help you. Guards, listen to me. If you hear the bells of the palace begin to toll, take this witch out and behead her instantly. You hear, woman? May God help you, Your Majesty. I will pray for you and your son. Dear God, whatever she has deserved, her heart is breaking now. Have mercy on her, my God. And as Felicitas prayed, she heard far off across the city the slow tolling of the great palace bells, the bells that would signal her death. With a face transfigured, she turned to wait the guards, who would lead her at last to the gate through which her sons had passed to eternal rest, where now they awaited her in the splendor of God's infinite love. listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour, brought to you by the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. For over 110 years, the Friars have devoted themselves to fulfilling St. Francis' prayer, to heal wounds, to unite what has fallen apart, and to bring home those who have lost their way. We work for Christian unity and interreligious understanding. We provide respite at our retreat center at Greymoor for those in need of spiritual renewal. We staff parishes throughout the world, serve as chaplains for colleges, hospitals, and prisons. We care for the ill through hospice work, ministry to those with HIV AIDS. We also shelter the homeless and provide treatment and services for those suffering from alcoholism and drug addiction. If you would like to be included in our prayer list, participate in special St. Anthony Novenas, and or visit St. Anthony's Shrine, Graymore. Attend a retreat, learn more about our Ave Maria Hour productions, or simply make a donation to assist us in fulfilling St. Francis' prayer to help those in need. Please visit our website at atonementfriars.org or email me at avemaria at atonementfriars.org. You can write to me, Father Bob, Friars of the Atonement, Graymore. Post Office Box 300, Garrison, New York, 10524. And so, in closing, I ask for the blessing of God upon you and those you love. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he look upon you with kindness 
and give you his peace. Amen.